Welcome to the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, and I am back after my one-week hiatus. And it's it's good to be back, guys. Um, as you guys know, last week on the Bumcast, there was a lot, a lot. It was an entire podcast of soccer talk. I don't do soccer. I'm a very cash fan. But I, I do get hyped for some Euros and some World Cups and all that good stuff. But um, I'm not as I'm not as crazy in the soccer as as these guys are. So turn it over to them. They did a outstanding job. Thank you, Peter and Johnny, and for Billy Jean, Chris King, for filling in. You guys did great, and it was actually some interesting Euro talk. I loved how you talked about my Barcelona fanboy origin story too. That was good stuff. Yeah, welcome back. I. Uh... It was a lot harder hosting than I thought it would be. So I, I should give you kudos for doing this week in and week out because I didn't know what I was doing. So, but it was fun. I was glad, uh, I was glad we were able to talk soccer for a good amount of time, but now it's back to talking about all the uh, nonsense we usually get into. That is correct. And we have some, some good nonsense to talk about in our headline segment today. Um, first off news dropped today. And if you're listening to this, it's actually going to be on a Thursday morning, hopefully. But so Wednesday, fans for the Soldier Field are going to be welcomed back 100% capacity, as probably no one should be shocked with everything else happening with the Sox and the Cubs and all that fans, the stadium's reopening 100%. I just can't wait to that week one snap and you hear the Justin Fields chance after the first incomplete pass from Andy Dalton. It's it's gonna it's gonna happen. I mean, we talked about it. Or I text you about Matt Nagy's comments and stuff like that, which we will get into a little bit. Which we will get into. But the fact that we're talking Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton on June fifteenth, just it's so frustrating. But yes, thank God we got the fans back. Um, it feels like summer in Chicago is in full swing, both on the North side and South side and, you know, concerts and uh, nature is healing and we're, we're excited about it. Yes. I will be getting my tickets to the windy city smoke out. Now that stuff is reopening. If you haven't been, it's highly recommended. It's a country and barbecue festival and they bring in some of the best barbecue vendors from across the country and you get some good country music. If that's your, that's your wheelhouse, but yes, summer is after July 4th, this city is going to be, on a no whole nother level, it's going to be on a tear and it's going to go right into the fall and football season. So I cannot wait for that, but we do have some bears talk. We will get into in a few minutes here. Um, all right. So one of the first things I want to talk about, and it happened, this happened last week uh, and some Cubs talk here for a quick second here. Uh, Jeff Garland, if you know him, he's from Kirby enthusiasm, also from the Goldbergs from Chicago guy, funny comedian, um, you know, love, loves the Cubs. He, he had some comments. He was on Waddle and Sylvie and he was, he was pretty pissed off that the Cubs didn't reach their 85% vaccination level. And he pretty much was targeting Jake Arrieta, who's been outspoken, outspoken about not getting the vaccine. Now I'm not here to, you know, judge if you, got vaccinated if you don't want to get vaccinated i think me personally that's everyone's personal choice his whole thing i i kind of was cringing about was he went whole 
shouting old man to cloud saying, quote, if you don't get 85 percent, you're not you're not you're not going to win anything. If you're playing somebody who doesn't have to worry about it, it's a whole different game. Um, the World Series trophy will not touch Chicago unless this team gets vaccinated. If we're playing the Braves in the National Championship League, we're losing. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, whether you choose to get vaccinated or not, like that's going to have any effect if you're winning or losing on the field. It's the players who are making the plays and making and getting the hits. And I think he just went very old man shouting cloud on, on Arietta there. It was a will. It was a weird hill to die on, you know, like, and, and like you said, it's a personal preference and then we're not here to like, I personally got vaccinated and not like it, but like, I'm not judging other people. But that being said, like that, it doesn't matter. It, it's not going to matter whether you're vaccinated, whether you're hitting, you know, the best pitching in the league or you're, if you got two men in scoring position and you're trying to move them along or, or driving in a run, that's not going to matter. Like, yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. Like you yeah. said, if it's, if it's old man yelling at the cloud, it's just like a lot of times. And I mean, maybe it's the pot calling the kettle black. Cause we're just three, nobody's yelling at the, at our microphones every weekend and week out. But Jeff Garland, who are you to decide if the Cubs are winning the World Series for, like in, in June of all things? Like, shut up. Yeah, I mean, they're they're playing good baseball right now. Um, but the fact that they're saying that because he doesn't get Jake, Jake doesn't want to get vaccinated, that he's he's never gonna win anything like the World Series. Like, come on, dude. Like that don't you're you're going way overboard on your hyperbole there. Well, that being said, Jake Arietta is like a Chicago Northside hero already. Like even if he doesn't win anything for the rest of his life, he brought them a championship, you know, like he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't vaccinated when he won it, when they won in 16. So, I mean, if they wanted, if the, if the destiny is in their favor, they're going to win it again. It's, I don't think. Well, if we're talking destiny, we'll talk about another thing later. Not we're yeah. just keep teasing things along the show. That's but right. If we're talking destiny. Then we're talking South side, baby. That's right. We're all, but be it as may, it's a fun summer for Chicago baseball right now because you got a very, very good Cubs team and an MLB best White Sox team, which we'll get into some some talk here in a little little bit on that. But Jeff Garland, get off your high horse there, man. Like just Cubs will Cubs will be just fine whether Jake Arietta decides what he wants to do with his body or not. That's my that's my spiel. Right, so I'm just some juicy stuff here. And I do mean juicy. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so a controversy has hit the DC universe. <laughs> and if you haven't heard this story, there is a new, a new season of the Harley Quinn animated series was coming out. And DC execs had to pull a scene where apparently Batman was given the old cungalitis to... Catwoman. I can't get through the subject right. (laughs) Yes, Batman likes to go down and eat Catwoman's cat. Is that is that proper? (laughs) Anyways, that was actually a depicted uh, scene in the new animated series so i don't know how dark this animated this harley quinn animated series is going here but 
I didn't know that there was going to be, you know, some uh, NC-17 comic books out there right now. And hearing that just <laughs> made me shocked that Bruce Wayne likes to. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was crazy. I mean, I text you guys a story and I'm like, I can't believe this is an actual story. It was picked up everywhere. I saw it. Um, Lights Camera Barstool talked about it. Variety talked about it. Like every blog and, and entertainment website had a story on it, basically. But yeah, um, DC, they do not want their um, heroes, basically. They want their heroes to be as selfish lovers, apparently, because they don't <laughs> want them doing that. It's it's shocking. That being said, I know, Johnny, you were very mad about it, right? No, I was very confused, <laughs> not mad. <laughs> I had no idea. Like when I kept on, when you kept on saying, saying these, uh, these articles, I'm like, anime are these like on fox or are these like what what's channel are these uh, is this animated series spice on? channel johnny they're on the spice channel oh, <laughs> you, maybe if you maybe if you have the, the scrambler you don't have to look scramble yeah the scramble <laughs> the scramble um, like no it, it's just very it was just very confusing when i first heard about it um obviously you know when you know think of batman you're always thinking of um the movies or even the ones you know for your older generation the ones from the 60s uh or even the cartoon oh, can, ones even adam from, west like, totally went 90s. down on catwoman adam west, adam, adam west for sure <laughs> earth, adam earth, west went earth down on kit. poison yeah, ivy the catwoman he did you mean earth, yeah. the, you mean earth the kid um <laughs> yeah but this was just very confusing i can't believe this was actually a, a real true story i thought this was just something that you know somebody just made up so it was just a joke and all of a sudden you know how Peter mentioned this was picked up on a lot of, you know, media outlets, and there you go. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, there's nothing more I'm going to say about this, but it's just you, wow. Do you think the outrage would have been the same if it was reversed? Yes. <laughs> I mean, in, in this scenario, yes. I think either way, DC would have pulled the scenes. Um, but honestly, DC's had so much. They've been in so much trouble for a while now. I can't imagine this hurts. It might help more than it hurts, you know. Yeah, it might might bring back a whole new audience here who into that animation porn. Yeah, apparently there's a there's a niche for it. Um, so yeah, I, I doubt that scene will ever. Maybe it'll hit the dark web cutting floor. If somebody's got somebody. Yeah, gonna someone's going to leak it, it eventually. Got, it's got so much traction and so much legs that eventually. That's that scene's gonna hit the hit, uh, see the light of day. I know. Um, yeah, Harley Quinn, Johnny, you mentioned it. Um, HBO Max. So it is. It's an animated series. It's for adults. Mm. You know. Yeah. But obviously, these are. They didn't want. I mean, all adults me personally, it. if it was my preference, I'd rather see him do Harley Quinn than Catwoman. But that's just right, me, Jason. But that's just me. All right. Um, some more juicy talk here. So. A couple of weeks ago, we mentioned about the uh, WWE releases and uh, former star Lana, who is uh, Rusev, a.k.a. AEW Miro's wife. And she came out. There was an article in the New York Post that said she in in due time, very near future, she's going to spill the beans, sip, spill the tea is whatever you kids say nowadays. Um, about all the drama and shenanigans and gossip and dark stuff that happened between with Vince McMahon and WWE. Apparently she knows all the 
dirty secrets and they are all going to come to light. And I am here with my popcorn waiting for it because she got pretty much like, you know, buried most of her time in a roster between going through the tables and, you know, people saying she can't wrestle and she's a pain in the ass and this and this, and you see her on total divas and no one likes her and this, I, I feel like she's got a lot of vendettas to check off her box, kind of like kill bill style. And I see like Vince McMahon's at that top of the top of her, her kill death wish five or whatever it was called in kill bill. And I just can't wait for those secrets to come out. Yeah. I, you sent us the, the news and, the more I think about it, I just don't see her actually being like a whistleblower. Um, if you are a professional wrestler, the last thing you want to do is burn bridges because we've seen it time and time again. You know, you get cut, you go work someone else or, or even take some time off. Eventually you get re-signed. And what is that going to be? Like, she's going to burn that bridge and, and never come back. That being said... What does that say to your future employers too? Um, she's going to have to, obviously my guess is she's going to try to go into acting or, or something else. I'm not so sure AEW will be interested maybe to put her alongside Miro. But if you go out like, you know, with a flame and vengeance, what does that going to say to your future employers? So as much as I want to hear the rumors and the juice and the, you know, the backstage, whether it's shenanigans or just like incompetent from WWE, I just don't see. I just don't see a scenario where she actually goes through with it. That being said, maybe she's just waiting for the right payday to come along for the gossip news. Maybe like TMZ forking up some cash or in magazine or something where she's she's waiting on it. Um, that's the only thing I can probably imagine. But yeah, I think you're kind of right. I don't know if she really wants to you know, go to AEW and be with Miro. I don't know how Tony Khan would, you know, react to that just because he's kind of a high moral guy. He doesn't really put up with the low character kind of stuff with yeah. some, with the wrestlers in the roster, you know. I mean, even when, you know, Sammy Guevara made that comment years ago, how he, he wanted to rape Sasha Banks, not in a aggressive sense, but his like, oh, I would rape her kind of thing he suspended her he suspended him for like what two months yeah or something. he i mean he nipped it right in the bud and yeah so i don't think AEW is messing around and they wouldn't want to touch something like that even if she does you know tell all or do whatever so it's, it's interesting i mean the all these people that are been cut by the wwe they're in a tough situation because um all these wrestling companies they've been hurting for two years they haven't been touring they haven't been making the money that they're used to AEW is in a good spot, but I know Ring of Honor is hurting, Impact's hurting, everyone's hurting. So the people cut by WWE, I don't see a lot of them getting re-signed by, or signed by other companies um, anytime soon. So maybe I mean tell all book something. I'm yeah. still I'm still shocked. Impact is still around. They're like a cockroach, man. They'll never go away. I, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how they're still surviving, but that's. Uh... Yeah, it's like how you said. I mean, there's there's no other wrestling companies around, and like how you guys were mentioning, I think Tony Khan wants a clean 
clean organization. He doesn't want any, you know, drama. He doesn't want any of that stuff, dirty stuff that, you know, that what whatever they were doing in WWE or are currently doing in WWE. Obviously, you know, the stories, you know, that Mickey James put out with the garbage bag, that's the way that they sent her off. They, they don't want any of that stuff. You know, they don't want any of that drama. You know, they just want it nice and clean. So, you know, best of luck to Lana on that one. And um, breaking news on the Bumcast, the, the uh, 76ers just blew a 26-31 point lead and Hawks oh. have now took an eight, taken a 3-2 to two series lead. That's crazy. That I was mean, an epic NBA meltdown. Playoffs, we don't have it on the rundown. We probably should talk about it a little bit. These NBA playoffs have been crazy. Like, it's unpredictable. I, I don't know who's Sons good. And four, who's baby. Sons and um, four, four, baby. Sons four, baby. Sixers were up 31 points heading into the fourth quarter and they just lost to the Hawks. Damn. That's an, that's like the most epic that's of a, epic meltdowns I've ever that's seen. A backbreaker to take a three to two lead for Atlanta, right? Yes. Oof. And I had money I on Atlanta's that game. I had money on that game too Atlanta's with, with 76ers. Tough, tough scene. Yeah. Tough scene. Um, all right, before we move into our first segment here, which is going to be Bears Talk, I promised Baloney here that I would let him give him a couple minutes here to talk us about his picks for the U.S. Open, which kicks off to uh, Thursday all through the weekend. So without further ado, hit us with your golf picks for the weekend. Yeah, bum bets. Bum bets are back. Baloney's bets are back. I like betting the majors and golf tournaments and stuff like that. Um, Tory Pines a, um, is the U.S. Open track for this year san diego um it's a public track which is nice i always like when the uh majors are held in public turn like public courses where any joe schmo could book a tea time a week or two in advance and and hack it out so um i think the the, the odds are on favorite right now is john rom and i think he's a good bet after him kind of getting the short end of the stick and getting um basically um, testing positive for COVID while leading a tournament, I think he's going to be back with a vengeance. And he's been playing some really good golf. And this course suits him really well. So even though he's the prohibitive favorite, I still think it's a good bet to have. So my first pick is John Rahm, followed by Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley is always just lingering around the top 10. Everybody's asking when is he going to win a major um, he's from California. I think that helps. I know he's from Northern California, but he's from California. So he's played here a bunch. Um, my third pick, Justin Thomas. I just keep betting Justin Thomas. I'll always bet Justin Thomas. Um, he's just that good when he's on, he's on. And then my two dark horses. And I don't even think it's that much of a dark horse anymore because everybody knows this kid. Will Zalatoris. We saw what he did at the majors or I mean at the masters. And, um, but his, he's still at plus 4,000 to win. So I got him even at 4,100. Yeah. So 4,100 to win the tournament. That's great value for a guy that, you know, shows up week in and week out. So even if you don't bet him to win the tournament, bet him for a top five finish, bet him for a top 10 finish. It's, um, I think it's really good value. And my final one plus 5,500 Cam Smith, Cam Smith from Australia just seems to find ways to, um, to play well in really big tournaments. He's a, he's a really good young player. Um, he hits the ball pretty far. And I think in, at Torrey Pines, you need to hit the ball a mile, basically. So those are my picks. John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, Will Zeltoris, and Cam Smith. 
whether you want to pick them to pick them to win, pick them to top five, top ten. It'll be a fun tournament, dude. This whole this weekend is a sneaky huge weekend for sports just all around. We got baseball in full swing. We got the Euros going. You got the U.S. Open. It's just a whole lot. You like if you sit on your couch from morning to night, you're gonna be watching sports. You could be betting on sports. It's it's gonna be a fun weekend. Just invite your just invite your dad over for the entire weekend. Give him a couple. Give him a case of ice cold Coors Lights, maybe some Heinies, and uh, you and your dad can watch some golf this weekend. It's a good good father son bonding weekend, especially if your dad likes soccer too. Um, to piggyback on that, Peter, I got John Rahm, and th- these are the fan duel um, odds right now. But I got John Rahm at plus nine fifty, Xander plus eighteen hundred. Justin Thomas plus 24, um, Zanta Loris plus 4,100, and then Justin, I'm sorry, your other guy, Cameron Smith, I got him at plus 6,000. So even if you throw like a dollar on those guys, it's, it's just put a dollar on each to win and you'll hopefully you hit lightning in a bottle and you can make 40, 60 bucks off a dollar, you know? And like we've, what we've said before, it just makes the golf watching just a little bit more interesting or a, a lot bit more interesting. Yes. All right. So we're going to, we're going to wrap that up and move out of the headlines. And now we're going to move into our first segment, which we talked about earlier. And that is the Chicago bears and the big news that Matt Nagy and his word salad press conferences, because if you ever watch a Matt Nagy press conference, not you just want to bash yourself on the head after it's over with, because he just keeps on rambling and saying a whole bunch of words and they don't make sense. And they're jumbled together. And what the fuck are you saying, Matt Nagy? But what we learned is that this, no matter what happens in preseason, Andy Dalton is your week one starter and fuck me. Cause that was just the most depressing news I heard to start my week. And I didn't need that. I didn't need that kind of bad juju in June. I, I, I wanted this to be a real true open competition in training camp, and it's not because Andy fucking Dalton's going to be your center under week at week one. I'm not convinced he's telling the truth. I hope not. I I I watched the interview or I listened to the interview with Chris Collinsworth, and then I listened to the interview his press conference where Sylvie basically took time off of his own show to to go into the Zoom meeting and ask him follow up questions, which I thought was awesome. So shout out to Sylvie for doing that. Um, he's saying all the right things. He's saying all the things that, um, he's supposed to be saying in June. Um, you don't want to put any, at this point, you're, you're just not putting any pressure on, uh, Justin Fields, which is what I like, you know? And now if he is the best quarterback in that room, come, you know, preseason and like game week one, week two, it's better to say this than to put the pressure on him and be like, yeah, it's an open competition. And then what if he doesn't win it straight out? You know, like, I feel like I got mad when I first saw it and I, and I was like, I can't believe I'm getting this mad in the middle of June about the bears quarterback position and stuff like that. But the more I thought about it, the more it just makes sense for him to have to say this, even though, even if it's not true. And I hope to God it's not true, but yeah, it makes sense for him to go out like this. The one thing I will say though, I forgot how frustrating it is to listen to him talk. I just don't like Matt Nagy press conferences. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know. If it's worth salads. It's, it's like a, it's... If there's like a smugness to his answers and stuff like that. Um, and I just hadn't listened to any of that since what January. Um, 
So that got me frustrated. But I don't think I don't think any of this is true, man. Like if he's the best quarterback on that team, he's going to be starting. So I think it's just relieving some of the pressure for Justin Fields and for them, you know, like that way they could be like, yeah, Andy's our, our starter. Like we'll try him out week one, even though it might not be the case. I would honestly rather listen to a Lovey Smith press conference than have to listen to another Matt Nagy. I mean, and Lovey had his smugness where I wanted to punch him in the face after Rex is our quarterback. Like I'd rather hear that again than Matt Nagy's well, yeah. rambling for 20 minutes about for a non-answer. Well, this is the new Rex is our quarterback. It's yeah. Andy is our quarterback for now. I mean, if, if Justin Fields wasn't ready, I get that. Like if it's an open competition and he's getting outplayed, he's not reading defense correctly, then I get it. But the, the, to cancel it out already and say, even if Justin Fields lights up the preseason that Andy Dalton is your, our guy, it just, it, for me, it takes, it, it kind of deflates the hype that the season's going to have. And you, and like I said, when the bears open up that first game at home and if, I've, I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule, but I don't know if they're opening the season at home or not. No. At okay. The Rams. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. yes that's that's correct. Um, but whenever they're home, week two, week three, whatever it is. Browns, if, week two. Thank you. If he's under centers, though, fans are just going to be booing the shit out of Dalton for every incomplete pass. And you're going to see the Justin, the Justin Fields chance. And it's, it's going to be a madhouse over there. And I, I, I just... It's, I just want to see an open competition. That's what I wanted. I want the better, I want the better person under center. I just want the best football team on the field. I don't care if Andy Dalton's a veteran. He had all the weapons in the world in Dallas last season and he played mediocre. He had, I mean, okay, uh, Zeke, you know, Zeke was, was hurt, but he still had one of the best wide receiver cores in football and he still did shit. I mean, that's that's my that's my thing. I want I want the best players on the field, regardless of who it is. And if it, if it turns out to be Andy Dalton, then fine. You know, I'll I'll accept that until Fields is ready. But the the kind of nipping in the bud this early, and I I really hope what you said is true, Peter. I hope that he's just lying. It's coach speak. It's pressure. You know, I hope that's I hope yeah, that's really well, what it is. At the same same, I really hope it is, and it, and it, it gives like Justin Fields, you know, it relieves some of the pressure of him being so hyped up so quickly. That being said, it puts the pressure on Matt Nagy even more. I mean, you, we already know his job's on the line. And if you're going to be, if you're going out on your shield with Andy Dalton, you're going to have a bad time. man. <laughs> yes, you are. Johnny thoughts. Um, I mean, you guys pretty much nailed it. I mean, the Justin Fields hype train. I mean, I've never seen how many times, I mean, just on social media, I've never seen so much hype into a Bears player ever since I've well, since social media came out. But um, I mean, he's always on the NFL. I mean, they're they're hyping him up like what what the players are saying, what the coaches are saying. Um, I mean, this is Nagy's job that you know he has to save his ass right now. It's ain't gonna be pace. So you know, he, it's like how Peter was mentioning. He's saying all the right things. I don't. I, I just can't see him missing this opportunity and say, Hey, well, Andy Dalton, you know, 
I, I, you know, promises, whatever. I mean, it just, there's always broken promises and I just can't see them not going with fields week one. Um, no disrespect to uh, Dalton, but you know, you've had your time in the NFL. I mean, you've been with, you know, the Bengals, Cowboys. I can't, I don't know if anybody else, other teams he's with, but, um, I mean, th- th- this guy's ceiling is so high. Everybody keeps on hyping him up and all these bears fans. It's it's like how you said, if we, if we come into week two and he's not the starting quarterback, uh, you know, fans 100% capacity. I know my uncle's, my dad is excited that, you know, their, you know, season tickets are back up again. Um, yeah. You might see people get upset too. And just, you know, you know, just, just start bashing uh, Dalton when, when, it, when he misses like completions and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's a remain just kind of like wait and see kind of game here, but uh, I would go with fields week one for sure. Yeah. And I'm kind of bummed that my week one Bears tailgate party at the house is going to have to be postponed until we get that Justin Fields confirmed start. I was literally looking forward to throwing out some some grilling and getting You're ready for that You're not going to do Sunday. it for just the, the I mean, we can, but it's just going to be. I mean, we, yeah, I guess, I mean, we can, but it's just going to, for me, it's going to feel a little like disappointing or uh, deflated. Don't, yeah, don't let Maggie spoil your, yeah. your, your party. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Fuck Nagy. You're not going to ruin my fun. I'm going to eat all the, I'm going to eat so many fucking ribs and burgers that day. Yeah. That'll show you. you yeah. Fuck. yeah. That's right. And I'm, ta- I'm talking about Nagy, not you, Jason. That's right. Well, you can call me, I get called ball fuck all the time. No, so. I was talking about Nagy. <laughs> um, other Bears news. Once again, key members of the defense not showing up for mandatory minicamp. This time it's Eddie Goldman. We'd mentioned it before. What the fuck would you, is wrong with this defense not showing up to mini camps? You got a new defensive coordinator. You should go, go learn. Show face. Yeah, yes. Learn. If it's mandatory, yeah. show up. I don't know. And, it, and Nagy said it wasn't an excused absence either. It's, I don't know what they're trying to prove. If it's just because everybody's so butthurt about Kyle Fuller getting traded. I don't know what the, or cut, sorry. I don't know what the fuck it is, but get over it. Go to, go to work now there's football games to be won and it's not help. It's not hurting. It's not helping anyone when key members of defense stop showing up to mini camps. This is how injuries and shit are going to happen down the line. Cause you're not, your body's not getting fucking ready for football season. Well, I don't know about all that, but they have to show up. Yeah. I mean, it's just not a good look. Yeah. I mean, poor Don to say is out there just doing like, what the fuck? I got no, I got nothing to do basically during these OTAs and now the workouts. Um, yeah, and Eddie Goldman, man, he, what he missed the whole season, right? He was like COVID yes. exempt and stuff like that. Like, eventually you got to get back to work. You sit dude, out the season because you don't want to deal exactly. with COVID, and then you don't show up to mandatory America. What, what the fuck are you still worried about? Like, the teams are vaccinated now. Like, if that's your main bugaboo, the teams, NFL, pretty much mandatory made it mandatory that you have to get a vaccine. So, is he just butthurt still about the whole? Is it a contract dispute or something? I, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I don't know what he's, what he's trying to prove, but he's hurting the defense and yeah. it needs Eddie, to, it needs Eddie to Eddie Goldman, you got to figure it out, man. I, I was, I was out three weeks on paternity leave and I couldn't get back to work fast enough. Just get, get the work, dude. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking guy. Well, let's hope that, you know, there's not going to be in this, these shenanigans next month when training camp starts. So got about what? 45 days. Yeah. 
40 days and a half before, or so. bef- yeah, before it starts. So, all right, well, time to nut up or shut up now, defense. You better not come out there and be flat. But on that note, Matt Nagy did say that he plans on playing his starters more this preseason, and they're starting in week two. They're going to get a lot more workload than they used to. And I've been kind of preaching it, you know, past couple of years, saying that they look kind of flat the first couple of games. So we'll just now it's going to be, you know, going to be, you know, seeing if it uh, actually pays off that they're getting more reps in preseason now instead of sitting. Yeah, anything you could do to get ready for that first game because it's not going to be easy. No, Rams at 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 Rams is it's it's going to be a tough game. So and, and it's prime time. So that's right. Don't everybody, please, dude. <laughs> now I'm sounding like I'm going to sound like a freaking soccer mom. Everybody, just please do your best. <laughs> uh, and the last Bears news I got uh, yesterday, Tuesday-ish, um, bids were supposed to come in for the new Arlington Park development. And the no did not come down from Hallis Hall. So to quote Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, we a heard chance. What the mayor of Arlington Heights said the door's open or what did he, what was his yeah, quote? It, it, the doors the doors still open. They they haven't Something's gotten left official, on the table. Yeah, they like haven't that. got an official offer yet, but the Bears have have officially have not said no. So that's always a good thing. Like they haven't officially closed the door, but they, they also was talked that if they decide to move that they don't see any issue with them being able to get out of their contract, the NFL and Goodell would always are always going to side with the money and the bigger capacity and the stadium deals and the media coverage and all the sponsors and all that hoopla that comes with it. So I don't know what uh, Ted Phillips is, is doing over there. If he's, you know, picking his ass or trying to figure out how he can raise season ticket prices or something. And Mayor Lightfoot, just get out the way. It the, the train's coming through. Get off the tracks. You're not keeping the Bears there if they want to move. So just keep your mouth shut with that. Let let the Bears do their own thing. It's better for the team, better for the state, because obviously you get more tax revenue from the state to the state. So, Yes. So far, no news is good news, I guess, to say for the Bears move. It's going to it's gonna take a while. You know, these yeah. things, I mean, it freaking, you got to crawl before you can walk, right? Um, I saw some, I tweeted it out. I saw some detractors about the move to Arlington Heights. One of our followers, Pete, shout out Tubby. Um, he said the Bears in Arlington Heights would be a disaster. The suburbs would complain about the shit show. City will complain about going to the suburbs. It's fun in theory, but a disaster in reality. And I just told them flat out, Soldier Field, as it currently stands, is a disaster. I just want to go to the bathroom and not miss a freaking full quarter of football anytime you have to go take a leak, basically. And the concourse is terrible. Getting in and out is terrible. The pricing, the parking, the, um, the capacity, everything about the current iteration of soldier fields is wrong i just said soldier fields is like an asshole soldier field um well no it, it is going to be soldier fields when justin fields takes the field point. thank you sir that was a, that was a nice little alley for you thank you <laughs> uh, anyway 
I want this move to happen. I really do. I, I really think it'll be good for the Bears as an organization. It'll be good for the fans. It'll be good all around. The people crying about them moving from Soldier Field. I saw somebody said Soldier Field currently has the best si- the, the, the best um like skyline. They're they're saying don't move because of the view. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Who goes to a game and looks at the, 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 yeah. the lake like, and the, and the I Sears I don't Tower? Give a like, fuck about buildings and water. I want to get I'm in my and eyes out are down on the field watching, watching the Bears fumble it. I mean, throwing complete. Pa- I mean, and, never mind. And Maybe I'll watch the skyline sh- instead. <laughs> and then also, don't give me the shit about Bears weather, too. Cover it up in a dome because Bears weather is a fallacy. I mean, we get our Thanks. ass kicked in the in the cold, in the rain, in the summer. If the Packers are in town, they beat our ass anyway. So it doesn't, Bears weather is a myth. Also, to counter that argument with the Arlington Heights, okay, sure, you might have traffic that sucks once a week, or it wouldn't even be once a week, sucks 10 times a year, okay? Maybe when you have a, a concert, special event, okay, it, it might suck a few weekends. Do you really think the people in Arlington Heights are going to be complaining when their property values double within five years? No, because that's going to be the hottest market in the in Illinois to get into, and they're and the house is already pretty pricey to, there to begin with. So you're telling me you got a property value close um, within a mile of the stadium that you're going to complain? Oh, there's traffic, but my house went up forty percent. Shut the fuck up! No, you're not. You're going to love the bears over there and I'm going to love the drive and I'm going to love being able to tailgate outside and do all the fun stuff. Now have to sit drinking a cooler of Coors lights in the McCormick place parking garage with exhaust fumes. Yeah. Basically the going down my lungs, basically drinking in Stu Hart's dungeon is what yeah. it feels like in freaking McCormick place. Johnny, are you going to buy a house in Arlington Heights? That's what we're waiting for. I work. I'm, in, in the works of obviously, you know, trying to get a, get a house and I've been really eyeing that particular location. Uh, just not because. a bad idea, Johnny. See, Johnny. You're not gonna, a bad idea. It'll get in now and then, you know, in, 20, in 2033, when your house goes up 55%, you'll be what they call wrecking in the dough, my friend. Remember this recording. I Selfishly, I just want to go and walk there. That's true. Bear I want a free. Is. I want a free. I want a free, free place to park, so I don't have to pay forty dollars to park. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's a. You know, that's one of the things too. Is that you know, I mean, my uncles and my dad are season ticket holders. I mean, it just would be, you know, would make sense for the family, you know, especially when we have season tickets. That would be easy for anybody, like you, know, family or friends who are going to go to the game, uh, just to go. You know, walking distance if they just want to, you know, park their car and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, I'm a huge Bears fan. And here, I'll say one thing, too, because uh, I've seen that Arlington race course, and it's surrounded by uh, – not really close, surrounded by high schools, kind of like how Lambeau Field is. Um, I've been to Lambeau Field, and the way they have it is they have houses right, literally right across the street from Lambeau Field. And I think that's that's a pretty cool thing that you can – you know, whoever, ticket season ticket holders or whatever, that's just like they could just walk over to the – kind of like how it is with, uh, you know, Comiskey Park park obviously you got you know wrigley field as well too you could just walk over there so um you know you don't have that in soldier field currently you know it's all like uh, high-end uh apartment complexes that you know 
I, I would think that none of them are Bears fans, real true Bears fans. Uh, not knocking anybody who lives there. I'm just saying that, you know, you, you, want a, you want a more spacious place. You want more of the easy access to get to. Um, and like I said, it opens the door for a lot of other events that, that could be held there. I would love to have a Final Four. I'm a huge college basketball fan. And imagine if somewhere down the line in my little heart that the Illini, you know, make it to the Final Four and it's in their actual hometown. I mean, that would be, you know, that would be great. We would have to, you know, we don't have to travel to Indianapolis anymore for any of that stuff for St. Louis or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have been thinking about, you know, Arlington Heights since I've heard, since we started talking about it. So I don't know. Man, I was just, I was just making a joke, but I'll, now I'm I'll, excited. Uh, I'll, I'll, th- <laughs> I'll throw in uh, 10 grand as a down payment. I could be my minority owner of your Airbnb. We'll, we'll I rent, we'll out, your, I rent we'll out your see. house at my free will. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, well, I also Wait, probably I have mind, the same. I don't mind this. Maybe we could we could workshop this. We could talk about maybe. Um, Give me what, make a make like, a little get a house with the basement. Get a nice little downstairs guest room. I'll throw in ten grand. I get to rent it out as I please. I take I take some cut. I take a cut off that. Well, you I host the person. You deal with yeah. the people there, and I'll just make the money. Chicago Sports Bums Holdings or Chicago Sports <laughs> Bums LLC. We're a, we're not a podcast oh, anymore. Bum- we're property management company. I like this. Let's talk. <laughs> the Bum House. Ah, uh, see house. now we're now we're talking here. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on here. We got now, now. I just wait. Hold on. I think this is kind of a bad idea because now people are going to think about the exact same thing I'm thinking. If you're trying to buy a house, so uh, Luckily, no, I wasn't thinking about buying a house. I was just kidding. Move Luckily, along. We don't. House. Luckily, we don't have many listeners, so uh, <laughs> we should we should be okay. <laughs> Javi, if you're thinking about this, you can come in with us. Don't steal our idea. That's right. We know where you live. All right, but now we got to talk about the first place best in baseball, Chicago White Sox, because they had a week. They took two out of three against the Blue Jays. They swept Detroit, and then they... In the battle of the bests, they took two out of three against the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And they actually did not. Well, I lost my train of thought here. Sorry. What is <laughs> I know. There was battle of the best. First place, second place. They didn't. They almost blew it today, but they didn't. They won. They walk off fashion. Anyways, Sox are the best team despite losing. Nick Madrigal for the season with a torn hammy. Officially, word came out, I believe it was Tuesday, that uh, he's officially done for the season. And this, what's what's great about this Sox team right now, and not only did they take two or three against Tampa Bay without Mankata, but Kopech's been injured. You didn't have Lou Bob. You don't have Eli for the whole, pretty much the entire season. And they're still the best team in baseball. Kopech's coming back. Obviously, Billy Hamilton for some speed and defense. Hopefully, he's coming back sometime. But you're going to get this team between Lou Bob and Eloy coming back end of July at the best-case scenario. And you got two full months. This team, I just pray for the league, man, because once this team comes back healthy, it's going to be a a fuck-you tournament tour across MLB, and I can't wait. Say something nice about Lurie Garcia. He has increased his batting average 20 points since June 1st. So good for you, Lori. You thank you. You're you're I mean, still you're still batting 
you're still betting 250, hey, but does that say it, something nice? It's not say something mean. <laughs> I have to no, see that's that's what we call the compliment sam- sandwich. You say something nice and then you follow it up with a you know, like a put down. That's, that's how you do like a review. Like when you're in corporate world, they say something nice and they say what you're doing wrong, and then they follow up with something nice that you can work on. It's a compliment sandwich. I've been waiting for that compliment for a month. I've been, I've been tweeting at you saying, say something nice about Louis Garcia. Yeah, I just started, I started ignoring it. I might have to, the most targeted harassment for a while there. Anyway, the, what I meant by say something nice, we're getting, we're getting production from everyone, dude. Yeah. The freaking. And, and now, we're, and now and, from, from Billy fucking Goodwin, who the fuck is this guy? But he comes up and he's, just taking over where Nick, I mean, obviously he's not slap dick and hitting slap hitting like Nicky was, but he's still throwing, driving in some runs, hitting a home run, getting, stealing some bases. All right. You, I'm, I'm sold. You're a, I'm a fan. Yeah, man. It's just a fun team to watch. We've been talking about this as much as we like to rag on Tony. Everyone's playing, man. Everybody's pulling their weight. Everybody's pulling their part. We got some bullpen issues. I think Kopech coming back gonna help a lot um maybe one move two moves before the deadline to shore up that bullpen but other than that i mean we can't complain we we complain a lot on this podcast and it's time to give credit where credit's due man this is fucking fun they uh this was like the meat of the basically like you know nut up or shut up and they're playing good teams finally and they're beating good teams I know we made a big deal early in the season about that Yankees series where they got swept, but they didn't look bad in that series. They were in each and every game in that series. And I said after that series, the Yankees don't scare me. This race teams, this is a really good race team. And they lost their starting pitcher, but I think they could still, I mean, they could still make noise. And we beat them. I mean, we I mean, we were in every game. Even the game we lost, we were in every game. I'm not afraid of anybody right now. The only well, we have to let's before we say that, let's see how they do against Houston next week, or because that's that's another big juggernaut in the AL right now. Offensively, they don't have the record right, but offensively, if you look at the statistics from Houston, they are probably the best offensive team right now. We have good numbers, but Sox are usually around like top five in most statistical offensive categories Rays are fucking crushing the ball. So it's going to, it's going to be a big test. So, but we have the good pitching staff. So, you know, even if, if we, if we only, if we lost two games, I wouldn't be too upset. Hopefully it's, we take two or three whole, I even better sweep them, but this is going to be a big test is Houston. All right. Feed me Houston. That's fine. Feed me Houston. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're doing this with, you know, kind of the next man up uh, mentality. I mean, there's always somebody, you know, we've got hit, hit with the injury bug pretty good uh, this year, but we haven't lost a beat. I mean, when, you know, Eloy went down, we had Mercedes and Mercedes, I, I knew he was going to come back down, to, you know, come back down to earth. I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. He's been struggling, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good here lately. Um but he was he was a big help during that that first couple months, and then you know when Robert went down, we you know we had somebody else that that, that filled the role. Obviously, you know when Billy Hamilton wasn't hitting, he started hitting again, and then he went down, 
Ingo came back up and, you know, he's, he's starting to like hit, hit a little bit as well too. Mangjago went down and, you know, Mandix, you know, stepping up. These guys are, are, are a tight core right now and they're doing really well without the players that, you know, everybody was projecting that the Sox were, you know, were, were going to have. And like how, like how you mentioned, we didn't have Mankata, we didn't have Eloy, we didn't have Magical, we didn't have Robert against this top Tampa Bay team, and we still beat them two out of three. Uh, Peter, you mentioned that it, you know you're not scared of anybody. Yeah, I don't think I'm scared of anybody either. And this is with without these core players as well too. Yeah. Um. So I mean kudos to everything that they've been doing and you know I, I know you guys you know rag on Tony La Russa and some of his moves and obviously he's made mistakes I, I get that everybody makes mistakes uh, but any of the players that he's been putting in the I mean he's putting up the lineups and the situ- the, the way the, the matchups I mean he's doing I think he's doing a good job one of the things I did want to mention and I, I wanted to get your take on this with all the injuries that there were happening that are happening currently right now do you think if we still had Renteria, we would be in the same position? I think that's a great question. I, I'm going to say this, know. and this might blow people's minds here. I think they'd be better with Renteria. And I say that shockingly because some of those bullpen moves that Larusa makes have cost us games. Dude, now, do you remember the bullpen moves Ricky made? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But we also didn't hit. We also don't have that fat fuck Carrasco or whatever the fuck his name was that I I don't I purge from my mind because he just it was always in there costing us games. Um, I think I would have more of an issue with Ricky Renteria's lineups than the Russos. I kind of, you know, some of those lineups are a little with the Russos are a little. You know, <laughs> you, funny. You, you complain about Lewis's lineups. I complained four, about four Renteria. Week. I complain about Renteria's lineups almost every day, though. Like his were historically bad. Like I, I, I didn't, I never got in that. Like, I like seeing, I like seeing Mankata bat third. Um, I actually kind of like, I really like Madrigal in the second hole. And I mentioned to you guys that in the podcast weeks before he even yeah. did it, I said I think it's time to move him up when he's batting 300 and Eaton's slap dick in to two, 240. I, I don't know why he still had eaten the two hole. Um, but I think they probably would be a couple games better because I think definitely Larusa cost a couple games with him. One, not paying attention two not knowing the rules three, some of the bullpen moves. I mean, he almost cost us the game today by putting Evan Marshall in there. When who are you going to play? Who are you going to put that? in there? Oh, who am I going to put in there? Yeah. I mean, I would have, I would have put in Hendricks for a four out save, but apparently he wasn't available for four out 22 pitches last yesterday. And you got Houston coming. Right. Up. And I, and, and I, we, I we should get, on that. I get, I get that. I totally hundred yeah. percent get that. As I mentioned to Johnny in pre-show and I mentioned you guys in text, I wish they would have announced that Jason and Steve would have said something like they, this, this uh, socks need to communicate that somewhat because it just comes off as like La Russa doesn't know what the fuck he's doing is with Marshall. He's got like, his, you know, like a six plus ERA Cody, Cody Hoyer. You know, I, I think he might need some time down in Charlotte to write his, his wrong. Cause he was fucking lights out. And now he's got like a plus six ERA, you know, um, Obviously, Kopech's hurt. You're missing that. Crochet, I don't know if, 
you know, if he was a, wasn't available because if he pitched the other day, but there's, there's not a lot of good options in that bullpen right now, besides, you know, Kopech and crochet bummers had his ups and downs and he didn't get the job done today. So, I mean, I don't think I go with Marshall, maybe, maybe Foster or, or Ruiz, but um, they definitely need to make a move for a bullpen at the deadline. It's they need one or two more arms in that pen. It's you got a lot of guys with some, with plus five ERAs in that pen. And it's, it's going to cost us come October, September and God forbid October. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I would have put someone else in besides I would have, pref- I would have preferred Hendricks, but I guess that's wasn't an option. Johnny, that was a great question. I, I, no, I, I think they wouldn't be in this scenario. I, I, I like to shit on Tony as much as anyone, but I mean, his veteran leadership basically is, I mean, there's no other team. We're hanging on by a thread injury wise. And the fact that they're still doing this with all of that depleted roster is a credit to the players. And it's a credit to Tony. Like, Yes, his in-game management leaves a lot to be desired. I don't, I don't like his in-game management at all. But he's got his players playing. He's got his role players playing. Um, so no, I don't think um, Ricky Ranaria, we would be in the same scenario. Um, he, Ricky, develops players. I'll give him that much. Like he develops young players to be professional baseball players, but. I just didn't think he was a good coach and I don't think we would be in this scenario with Ricky. I mean, it's, it's for, for all the major sports, baseball coach manager is probably the least influential position in all of sports. It's the players who do all the work, you know, football definitely because you're scheming, you know, basketball, you're scheming, you're, you run your plays, you're in your offense. Maybe I don't know much about on the hockey side of what coaches do besides make the lines, you know, but um, yeah, baseball, definitely the manager has the least influence, I think is as far as outcomes of games. Um, I will say this though, with the war war dropped a couple days ago that Eloy is ramping up uh, his rehab and he's going to start baseball um baseball rehab baseball operations whatever you want to call it and hopefully he'll be back end of july maybe after the all-star break best case scenario probably more towards end of july but if i'm the white Sox, and if i'm Rakan, and whenever you guys are whenever they're doing batting practice or fielding drills i'm putting andrew vaughn in right field for practice because Eloy's coming back. I have bad news for people. He's not going to be your full-time DH. That's going to Benzo. He's going to be back in left field. Eaton sucks. Get rid of his ass. Put Vaughn in, put Vaughn in right. And you get Eloy, Lubob, and Vaughn going into October. And that's just mesh, mashing baseball outfield right there. But with if Benzo's been kind of slumping lately, he's under 300. I think he's around 280 now or something like that. So he's definitely come back down to earth. But I don't, I don't see any scenario where you take him out of your full time DH, and you got to find spots for these guys. And fortunately, 
Eaton's odd man out. Vaughn, get your ass to right field. Start shagging flies and right. I'm I'm actually a little worried about Robert. I'll tell well, you well, why. hold on a second, Johnny. I know you're going there, and save that thought because I have, I have something about that for, for my what a bum. So. Okay. Wait, what are we? What am I? Uh, missing? Wait, well, we might, we, John, I know where Johnny's. I, I know where Johnny's going page. with this. I think we might be on the same page. I think yes, I know where Johnny's. I know where Johnny's going with this. And that's that's the. This is, it's it's my it's it's yeah. Just all right. Wrap up the socks talk. Okay. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. So the last thing I will say is yeah. I think um, Benzo is struggling. Um, he's come back down to earth. He's still taking pretty decent at bats. He's just not red hot like uh, before. Um, a couple days off wouldn't hurt him. The problem is like they're so depleted. You can't afford any days off. So I think Eloy, yeah, Eloy coming back will help. Um, but yeah, I think Vaughn at this point, it, that's the right move is to start having him shag in right. He's been awesome in left. He's yeah. been defensively. I, I wouldn't I say no awesome, but he's been a professional better than, left. Better than Eloy. Yeah, no, a hundred percent better than Eloy, but he's been a professional left fielder. Like where we haven't, I really thought it was going to be, we've talked about it like a Schwarber situation, but he hasn't been bad at all. So if he can make the transition from left to right, that will only help the Sox with their depth and their, and their ability to move people around. Eaton has been struggling big time at the plate. I still think, um, He'll end up helping us, you know, obviously if it, if it's a, not an everyday player, it'll help a lot more, but at, at this point we just need bodies. And if, if Vaughn is able to move from left to right, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of clo- close it out here just real quick. Cause I know, you know, the trading, you know, deadline is going to come up ne- next month. Um, I don't think the Sox need to panic on, on trying to get somebody like super big or anything like that. We just need to have like veteran presence, somebody who could hit for average. Uh, you know, I know we've been we've been hearing about second base uh, quite often, obviously because of what's been going on with with Madrigal, um, and, and obviously bullpen help as well too, because it's probably two two ones that we we desperately need. I mean, you're you're going to have these players come back, come back, you know towards the end, maybe not, you know, either July, maybe late August or whatever, but, you know, the Sox, you know, right now they're setting themselves up for, for um, a good run towards that end. I don't think we need to panic and, and trade a, you know, a Kopech or a crochet, or I hope they don't do anything stupid. That's my one thing is that, yeah. you know, don't try to get, you know, like a, 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 a Chapman for, you know, and then you start trading, you know, you know, a, a, a big prospect, you know, um, I just yeah, I just yeah, burger or or burger's, or burger's probably Kelly. the biggest guy you could trade just because he doesn't have a position at the moment. Do you do right. burger for Chapman right now, knowing that the Yankees are probably going to look to sell if they're not really contenders, um, and have Chapman do the? I think things? I think there's a I think there's enough good value for teams like the Diamondbacks and the Pirates who are probably going to be done. I know there's there's some talk that there's Sox have been eyeing some guys on, on uh, the diamondbacks. Um, but I think, I don't think you have to go for the big guy, like the big name, like Chapman, even though he, yeah, he did bring the Cubs a world series, but they also gave up Glaber Torres for him. And right. So he's it, pretty, he's I, pretty good player. He, I'm saying, so, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, but do you give that, it up that, for a world series? If Okay. So th- that's what I was. Lo- I, okay. I, I just saw somebody on Twitter, but say you have, 
you trade Burger knowing that Burger might be, you know. Yeah, I, I I trade I trade but that because you trade him for a World Series because yeah, then because there's have, because there's no there's no position for Burger, right? Like you got he's a, point, he's a third he's a third baseman first baseman like so unless Abreu's going or Mankata's going which ain't happening and even if Abreu goes full time DH you got Vaughn who's going to be your next first baseman baseman in the future if he doesn't stay in right field or left field, um yeah there's no position for him the so Sox have too many there's Sox imagine, have too many third base first base DH types. Imagine going. Kopech, Chapman, Hendricks, seven, eight, nine in the playoffs. Fuck yeah! It's amazing. I mean, my, so that's something like, you got to think about. Like, stop, Peter. My penis can only get so erect. <laughs> <laughs> one all last right. thing. All right, one last thing before we wrap up Sox talk because I know we haven't talked it. We haven't all talked in a while. I just want to give a shout out to Lance Lynn, man. Fucking guy is awesome. Okay, he's save, like the save, save, save that Southside. save that Lance Lynn talk. Because I have more. You guys are stealing my thunder here, and I'm not liking it. All right, so <laughs> All right, that's why I'm trying to, to wrap up. That's why I'm to wrap up the socks talk here because you're stealing my thunder for future segments here. So save your thought, Peter. Uh, okay, I love you, Lancelin. Okay. All right. Um, as the guys talked to last week, the Euros started, and as I mentioned to you, they did a good job. But I am not a diehard soccer fan unless it comes like the major tournaments, like the Euro Cup and World Cup. Um, so I, I, I get hyped when, you know, I'll watch when it's a, uh, big country matchup and I just gotta say like that France Germany game, that was, that was fucking limp dick right there. Like, Oh, I thought it was good, man. I yeah, like, the, the, the only goal was that score was the fucking same goal. It was same team. Fucking should have been three, nothing. I mean, there was two really razor thin, um, offside calls. And some of the best games, man. This is the thing about soccer. All right, well, I'll some let you. I'll let you guys. One-one. You know, we we we're hitting the hour mark here, so let's not try to go another hour on the soccer talk. So I'll let you guys do your thing. I said France, Germany kind of sucked, and Spain, Sweden. I'm you know ho- hoping for Spain. That kind of sucked too. Um, so yes, just well, go yeah, ahead. Welcome everyone to the Bumcast. I'm your host Baloney, and we're <laughs> back with Euro 2020 talk. Johnny, what are your thoughts between uh, match day one, basically, for all the groups? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, Italy, man, right, right now, Italy's playing really well right now. I mean, they're, they're, you know, well, hand, hand they're, up. They're, hand playing, up. they're playing hand well. Last week on the podcast, I said they're going to be on a mission. And you yeah. could tell, dude, this Italy team is nailed. And top to bottom, they're playing well. They're playing as a team. They are going to be a tough out for anyone involved. I know they've struggled mightily the last like three years or so, or even before World Cup qualifying. Italy looks tough. Um, Belgium, we talked about Belgium. I think they looked really good and they're getting back Kevin De Bruyne. Um, The coach announced today that he will play um, for a little while, at least. I'm thinking maybe 30 minutes at most to get him back into match shape basically belgium they they'll be fine without them up until the knockout rounds you know if you could get them back into shape when the big games start in the in the knockout rounds they'll be fine and then i mean we've talked about it france france looks like a wagon man <laughs> that top to bottom they're so good 
Um, yeah, and it's what I was going to say about that France-Germany game, it kind of reminded me of um, the Champions League final between uh, Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich when that was going back and forth. It wasn't really a high-scoring game, but it was very entertaining because they kept on going back and forth, and that was, it was a high-paced um, environment, and that's kind of what it reminded me of this France-Germany game. It was, it was really good, and obviously it was from an own goal. So it wasn't even France, you know, scoring that particular goal at that time. But, um, yeah, that those two teams are well. And uh, <laughs> Portugal, man, I mean, I they had so many opportunities to score against Hungary. And I know you said that they've been unbeaten for the last 10 games and 14 overall. Um, you know, obviously Hungary did put up a good fight. Uh, their defense was 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 well, but I just thought that you know Portugal would at least scored one goal that you know would have helped me at one of my bets. But it is what it is. Uh, well, no, they did score. They scored three goals, but you had bet yeah, them no. to score one goal and a half. That's what I meant. Uh, yeah, yeah, in the, in the first half, that's that's not really all I needed, and they had a couple opportunities, but you know, obviously, you know, they scored at the end, whatever. Yeah, but we talked uh, about it. What, Portugal looked good. Yeah, they look good. Uh, the one I see is going to be struggling uh, is probably Spain. They they don't have any goal scorers, <laughs> um, no. and it, it's just a it's just the way it is. It's not the Spain of old. Um, I mean, they tried so they tried so hard uh, against a team that they should have they should have beat. Um, you know, pretty you know they should have beat. Um, and uh, you know, it just it just doesn't look good f- for them uh, kind of moving forward. Um, but yeah, all the top teams that we we talked about. I mean, obviously England as well. You know, too. Um, yeah, it's just right now. I'm, I'm you know I'm super excited about all the games right now. And obviously, one thing that we do have to mention, you know, that what happened, the scary incident that happened on Saturday with Erickson. Um, heard that he's he's doing okay, and I'm, I'm glad he is. But obviously, that was probably you know they stopped the game for for quite a while for that, and rightfully so. I thought they were going to stop the game in general, um, but you know I. I'm glad that he's doing well and you know he's he's progressing uh obviously we don't know what actually particularly happened unless did they, did they mention anything about that i mean we, we don't yeah he we went into cardiac arrest he had a heart attack basically oh. um they I, revived I was wondering him. if it was maybe because of heat stroke or something no it was it was just basic it was cardiac arrest they uh the um the doctors on site gave him the paddles and babies basically brought him back to life the the doctor said that he had died on the pitch and I'm wow. glad you brought it up because it felt like it happened so long ago that um, we didn't mention it earlier. But that was a huge headline in all of sports uh, that Saturday. I was working. I was following the game on my phone. Um, and I basically text you guys like, what happened? Because I was just getting updates. And then the game just stopped. And immediately when that happened, I went. Um, I opened up YouTube TV on my phone and I ended up starting to watch and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. That was the craziest, like the scariest thing I've ever seen in a major sport sporting event. Um, for those people that know me, I don't do good with injuries, you know, but but that's like broken bones. That's like Alex Smith or Kevin Ware type stuff. Anderson Silva, where like the bone is like broken off the body oh, I, I right yeah yeah okay thank you Joe Theismann. Um, i just don't do well with that kind of stuff this was at a whole nother level um it was just scary you saw his player like his teammates crying and basically both teams building a wall around the um the paramedics and stuff like that 
it was just a scene I had never seen in sports. And and thank God he's it seems to be doing okay. And and that the tournament I didn't the tournament was never gonna stop, but that game, I didn't know what was gonna happen with that game, whether it was gonna get played later that day or the following day and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just a great news that he he made it made it through because that was scary. Yeah, good prayers up for him and happy that he he pulled through. Um, but we got another week of some great soccer matches. So on the next bumpcast, we'll have another round of. We're just gonna keep updating. Yeah, him. just Peter, Peter and Johnny talk. Just I'll I'll step aside and throw my two cents in what what sucked, what didn't. Do the whole Roman thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, maybe thing. stop bet, stop betting on random teams that nobody has ever yeah, talked about. You probably should stop doing that too. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, gonna close the podcast. We do our weekly segment, What a Bum Here, but we decided that we have instead of just being so negative all the time, that maybe we should throw a little positivity into the world. So, we're gonna introduce our first ever, and this is gonna be our segment going forward, along with our What a Bum, our MVBs, our most valuable bums of the week. So, if we're gonna hate on someone, we might as well show a little love to this to those people as well. So I'm going to start it this week because you guys are trying to steal my thunder for my what a bum in my MVBs. Um, so my first, my, I'm going to, I'm just going to go back to back here. My, my what a bum this week. And this is going to come as a shock to many of you. Cause you know, I'm a big fan and he was my preseason MVP. Louis Robert, what, what are you doing? My man, stop eating all the Domino's pizzas. Hey, you're okay. I, you I are trying to get back into baseball shape and every Instagram story I see, you got fucking four or five Domino's pizzas, dude. Like <laughs> Eloy's posting stories of him working out in the cages, rehabbing and fucking Louis Roberts scarfing down fucking double decker Domino's pizzas, dude. Like what the fuck? This guy's going to come back a fat fuck at the end of July. And I don't look, know what to do with this. Like this is, he's gonna this look is like not Thor. good. He's going to look like Thor. Yeah, he's gonna look like Thor. Yes, he's gonna come back looking like Thor. He's just uh, and take that aside. Doesn't he live in Chicago? Like, can't we get to him some fucking good pizzas? Why is he? <laughs> why are we? Why is he subjecting himself to Domino's pizzas? Is he trying to fucking kill himself? Like, I do not get this. I will if someone knows if he's living in Chicago or if he's in Miami or wherever he stays in in his off season. Someone get him some decent pizza. There's got to be decent pizza unless he's in Mexico buying it off the little scooter guys who carry Domino's, you know, pies in their in their uh, heater back there. But fuck, dude, stop with the Domino's time to get back into baseball shape. Fuck. Diet starts after July 1st (laughs) or July 4th. Everybody knows that. I'm on, I'm on team Luba for the. I am too, but man, I I think that's what Johnny was going for. With he's worried about Louis Robert, and I am too, man, because it's not just it, one time was funny. It's been like four or five times now he's been scarfing down Domino's pizzas, like not just one, like multiple. I'm I'm worried for him, man. Like, but I didn't say he's gonna come back like Thor. Like he's like Ron Burgundy when he was when he got fired and he was drinking that hot milk and stuff. That, yes. That's what I feel like Lou Bob's right now. He's oh just in a like in a, in, wellness in a mood check, right now. Wellness check on Louis Robert, please. All right. And then my most valuable bum, 
Peter, you mentioned it. It's it's Lance Lynn. I I can't get enough of this guy. Not only is he just shoving every time he's on the mound, but I'm I'm all for his him catching the camera when he's walking off the mound to big strikeout mouth and the fuck you motherfucker you slap dick motherfucker. It's it's I I fucking love that mentality. And I'm all resign. I'm on. I'm on the resign Lance Lynn train now. We have to. He has. He has to get resigned. He's such a South Side Chicago, or just a Chicago type of guy, Chicago type of player. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the quotes where he's like, "I just can't resist Goose Island IPAs and Italian and beefs or whatever." Oh yeah, ribeyes. Yeah, <laughs> like that's my dude, man. Yeah, like same um, dude. Oh, I'll take some IPAs and some ribeyes, but it's just like. Every time his strikeout, fuck you, like, and yeah, and he's it. been he's been as advertised. He's been nailed this whole this whole year. Yeah, yeah. So. so he's my most valuable bum because he's just I love his I love his persona and everything about it. I would say one last thing about Lance Lynn is that when when the, uh um Abreu was going to go into free agency, I said the number one thing that the Sox needed to do, the number one thing was to sign Abreu. I think going into this next free uh, next season, uh, this has to be the number one priority. You have to have Lance Lynn come back and sign him for three years or whatever. That that should be priority number one for sure. Yeah, even even though that means that Kopech would probably be in the bullpen for another year then at that point. But well, we, yeah, I'm allowed to talk more Wait, about what. Yeah, is is Giolito a free agent after this year? Not for he's got like two or three more years before he reaches free agency. Okay. That's what I, I think. I think sure. he just, I think he just went through his first arbitration this year okay. or, he, or it was his last pre-arbitration. He's on that cusp right there. So, um, and, I, and I'm not saying Giolito is better than Lance Lynn because he hasn't. This no. Year, and you but. still got other, you still got one more year of, of Dallas. So yeah, if you resign Lynn, you Kopech is pretty much and Crochet are relegated to bullpen duties for the foreseeable future. But nah, again, I don't but think so, dude. Kopech's I don't, knocking on the door. Yeah, but then who you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna my, get? You're not gonna resign Rodon. You're gonna put Cease in the bullpen. He's gonna want money. You're gonna have to sign one of those guys. So is it gonna be Lynn or it's gonna be Rodon? That's the problem that we're gonna have yeah. going into. You know, the and you know, Jerry doesn't like spending money for pitchers. No, but he he has to make that effort and try to sign Lynn. I mean, you okay? Have to so have that. yeah. So now we have a question: Would you sign Rodon or Lynn? I would sign uh, Lynn. Yeah, I mean, come, let's let's, let's, let's have this man. let's have this conversation it's come table October for next year. Yeah, 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 ta- yeah, well, yeah. You're right. Not only that, but a table for later in the season because I want to see what what these guys do uh, over the course of a season. If you're talking Rodon's and Cy Young talk, I, I might I may feel a little different because Ethan Kath experience seems to be working on him. But let's table this. We'll talk about and he next might be cheaper cast. than Lance Lynn. Yes, that that too, yeah. and he's younger too. Um, but we'll we'll table this. We'll talk it. Next next bum cast, I'll make a note of it. Um, all right, Johnny, give us your what a bum and your MVB. Uh, my what a bum is uh, Rob Manford about this whole thing with these uh, you know, ten day suspensions and whoever pitchers gets caught. So, um, they announced on Tuesday that players caught using any foreign substance will face a ten day suspension. Um, this was according to Jeff Patson of ESPN when the, when this news broke out and obviously one of the main, main things that, you know, I, I guess that the substance that, that pitchers have been using is, is a spider tech. 
Um, it's kind of an instant uh, industrial glue. Some pitchers have used to generate more spin on the ball. I suspect it have spiked in recent seasons to increase spin rates on fastballs and make pitchers uh, harder to hit. Uh, obviously, some of these pitchers that, you know, like a Garrett a Cole who has a uh, ridiculous spin rate, uh, when that news broke out, obviously he got hit uh, well. I think, was it against the Twins? he got hit really well after when that news broke out. So, you know, obviously he had a clean head and all that. And obviously, on, you know, what happened a couple of days ago, yesterday with, um, not yesterday, uh, uh, Tuesday with uh, uh, Glassnow when he was saying as well too, that, you know, yeah, he's used sticky stuff as well too. Um, but obviously with stuff changing, you know, it kind of, you know, he's not saying that he's blaming that, but, you know, it, it did change the way that he pitched, which, might cause him to uh, get Tommy John surgery. Uh, we don't know that just yet. Um, one of the things that, you know, and obviously Carlos Rodon, you know, was very vocal about as well too, um, about this. Uh, one of the things that I think a lot of the players said that, you know, during the, when the season started uh, is that they should have put this and nipped this in the bud to, so they know what they can use to help them out with their spin rates and, and whatever the case may be, instead of doing this in mid season, because this might, you know, uh, change the way that pitchers pitch. Uh, there was uh, something that uh, I think, I don't know if it was on uh, Captain Hoodie or it was on uh, Carmen and Yurko, but uh, I think um, what they were saying is I think LaRusso was nipping this in the bud in the beginning to not use any substances or anything that would, you know, um, get them caught or, or change the way that they would pitch if something like this were to happen. Uh, obviously, Trevor Barrow has been very vocal about this for, for a long time now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they should have announced something in the, in the beginning of the season rather than just in the middle of the season. So it, uh, yeah, very Rob weird Manfred that they is, did it. Uh, very weird. Yeah, so he's my what about right now. Yep. Um, my most valuable bum is the whole White Sox team. You guys had a, a pretty good uh, week with the Blue Jays, and you took two out of three against the uh, uh, Tampa Bay as well, too. You swept the Tigers. Um, now you got against Houston. A lot of people, critics, have been saying, well, you know, they haven't been beating uh, good teams. And Blue Jays are not a, a bad team. They're good offensively. Yeah, Their pitching sucks, but they're good offensively. They can they can rake. Still, it, there's, they're, they're over 500 teams. That, that right, was the one right. thing that they were saying. Critics were saying that we couldn't beat over 500 teams. We're being shitty teams. Uh, Tampa, at one point, was the best team in Major League Baseball. And we're, we're now a game up or a half game up uh, with them. You got Houston coming up. You know, this team's been resilient with all the injuries that they've been going through, with everything that they've been uh, – from the Tony LaRusso um, hiring to the injuries to every little thing, they're in this position right now because they're now working as a team. And obviously, next man up mentality and all that. I, I just I just love everything about this team and that everything's going good right now. So um, kudos and hats off to the White Sox right now. You guys are doing well. Uh, obviously, you're making the South Side and whoever else is a uh, Chicago uh, White Sox fan uh, very proud right now. Let's go get them against the Astros because this is definitely a big series coming up. That is correct, and we will be all on it next Bumcast with some Sox Astros talk, and let's let's go. I'm ready. All right, Peter, who is your what a bum? I'm going to start with my MVB, most valuable right. bum, and I don't even want to call him a bum. It's my MVP. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the story 
uh, TJ Olson, Greg Olson's son. He's eight years old. I did. He uh, battled his whole life um, with basically heart failure. He finally got his heart transplant. Um, I mean, I think I've cried twice watching the videos. First video is when he um, told his uh, siblings that they found the donor and that he was going to get a heart. Um, I was a puddle. And now um, today the video was coming out of him ringing the bell at the hospital, um, basically signifying that he's um, he's got a transplant, he's got a heart. And uh, just kudos to Greg Olson's family, Greg Olson in general. We've loved, I've loved Greg Olson since he's been a bear. Um, I thought he should have been a lifetime bear. He's Fixed. multiple times like uh, NFL man of the year and kind of things like that. He's done a lot for a lot of charities in Chicago and in Carolina. And it's just happy, a feel good story that uh, his family can kind of rest easy now because they've been fighting for a long time. So I thought that story was awesome. Like you just can't get a better story than that. And transitioning to my water bomb, Jason, let's talk. All right. Bring my, it on. Uh, bring my it on. Bomb of the week. My bum of the week is our fearless leader, HBIC, Jason James. He gave me reins of the wheels for one week. One podcast is all we wanted to talk soccer. And he basically didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> he, he had, he had, we talk about euros basically all every day because um, multiple people are betting and we're kind of doing our picks and stuff like that. And it was multiple times during the week. Jason texts us like, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, Hey, what do you think about this for this game? And I'm like, we just, I, I mentioned this on the podcast. And then I realized this motherfucker hasn't listened to the podcast. So you're um, my bum of the week. It, I, I did listen to it this morning. Thank you. It, and you did make a good, a lot of good arguments about your picks. And I totally understand that. And like I said, thank you for shouting out my Barcelona fanboy origin story. Um, no, you guys did a good job. As I mentioned, I was on vacation a week ago, had a lot of podcasts to catch up on. And my OCD, I have to go in order from when they got released. I can't, I can't jump around. So you had leave I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm Jason sorry. James. My, I'm sorry. My mental illness, you know, became a, a hassle for you, but. I'm just giving I, you shit. I know. It's I been know. good. I, I've been happy that you, I mean, all three of us have been really into the Euro. So I'm, I'm into it more forward. for, I'm into it because I, I want to make some money off some of these teams and I've done pretty good on some Italy games and not so good on some Denmark and well, shout out. You would have made some pretty decent cash if you were able to bet my Belgium two goals yeah. and Lukaku scored one. Yeah. That was a pretty nice. I couldn't parlay. Nice I couldn't parlay that. They don't yeah. stupid fan who doesn't let you bet. I'll have goals more per soccer team. bets um, for you guys next podcast. I'll, yeah. I'll, or I'll just throw, them, you know, if throw them on, oh, Instagram. Them on Instagram. Yeah. yeah throw Instagram. them on Instagram. That's yeah. another reason. Hey folks, you're listening. Go, f- go give us a, a like and a follow on Instagram. Cause we'll be throwing out some bets. I throw out some white Sox bets. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. I try to look at the numbers, but we're trying to, uh, run up our bum bet. So Peter will post his, his soccer ones. He'll post his us open ones. And if yep. you want to follow us on Twitter, some more, I'll give you some white Sox bets. What I'm, what I'm feeling for a game. Cause I bet pretty much every white Sox game. Cause I'm a degenerate gambler. Um, but we ran long today. 
We were back. We had a lot to talk about after a all soccer podcast last week. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you for sticking with us through this extended one. Like I said, we'll be back for some more Sox talk, some more Euro talk, and catch you guys next week. Good night, Batman. Good night, Javi. <laughs>